Hey, we're live again. It's Thursday night at Catalina Island, sunny Catalina Island. We have been having some cold weather here, but tonight's message is really for those of you that have the time to kind of tune in and sit down and will probably be about 15, 20 minutes. Um, it's all going to be on the church. You know, we've been talking about the common common ground that we find in the creed and my husband has been doing a series where we looked at God the Father the Almighty and then Christ Jesus being the Son and now last week was the Holy Spirit and then he talks about the Holy Church and Enrique's got a great message about what is the church mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've heard questions like that like what is the church is it have to be the building is it a group of is it people that gather if I have the Holy Spirit living inside me, when I walk into a room, can I actually and commune with people and I want to share and talk about the Lord or honor him or remember his great wonders? Can that be counted as church? You know, how do we, how do we satisfy the Father's heart for us? Mm -hmm. Because it was his love and his, um, his desire to have a church. But I think as we go through this message, you're going to find that the church isn't just the building, mm -hmm. but it was in God's heart that we have a church. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really careful when we say, oh, well, we can do church anywhere. And, you know, as long as we're talking about Jesus, that's kind of like going to church. I think that, I think, again, it's not the letter of the law, it's the spirit of the law. There's a reason we gather and there's a reason we come to worship the Lord. There's a reason why we share the Lord. And when the heart of that is what's occurring, then that is that's beautiful ministry time. Mm -hmm. That means there's church on the move. We love it. The mission mm -hmm. field in action. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel? What would you like to tell us about believing in the Holy Church? You know, I, I think one of the things is, you know, like my wife said, it's like how we think of church. When I think of a mm -hmm. church, you know, first thing people think of is a building. Uh, it could be huge and ornate, like a cathedral. It could be small chapels mm -hmm. with simple furnishings. Sometimes they're warehouses or storefronts. You know, you'll see them all over the place. Um, they could be homes. A lot of people have home churches, right? Mm -hmm. uh, tiny shacks, mud huts, even caves. Mm -hmm. That's where the worshipers would hide from danger. And so, uh, so the church really was not a, a place as much as it was a people gathered together. And, mm -hmm. um, and so the, they, were, they were set apart, though. That, and that was the difference. And so... Uh, in today's world, um, they there are people like my wife said that they think it's unnecessary, and so right we're, they we're feel gonna... like they're heading, they're getting to the real heart of the matter when they say the church really isn't unnecessary. And these are sincere believers that think that the organization of the church is like a human invention, and that it interferes with our own personal relationship with God. But Scripture actually teaches kind of a very different perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the church is is God's kingdom on earth. It's a congregation of His special people. And according to the scriptures, the church is critical to establishing and maintaining our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. He created it for a purpose and he gave it authority. He ordained the church to carry out his mission in the world. As Jesus himself said, I will build my church and mm -hmm. the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So he even said, I will build my so church. So it's not an invention of fallen human beings as many times you'll hear. It was Jesus himself who is the founder of the church. That's right. And in the Old Testament, it's really interesting because we associate... The, uh, the church to the New Testament. But actually, mm -hmm. that word ecclesia uh, is a word that was used in the mm -hmm. Septuagint when right. it was in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And it uh, actually finds its roots there. And um, when God called Abraham and the people of, of, in the Old Testament, 
um, it's, it speaks about assembly, you know, and that word assembly is ecclesia if you were mm. to translate it from the Hebrew to the, to the Greek. And so, um, so, that's, so there was a gathering of people, you know, when they went through the desert. Um, it says when Moses went up to the mountain uh, to go get the tablets uh, from God, it says the assembly gathered there. That word is ecclesia if you looked at the Septuagint, which is how they described an assembly of people. Mm -hmm. So it's an assembly. It's not a building. And so that's the most important thing. So the thing. church actually started way back there, but and it continues in our age right. because Jesus ordained it. Right. The new, and, and so in Deuteronomy 9.10, it says, The Lord gave me the two tablets um, on which God had written with his own finger all the words he had spoken to you from the heart of the fire when you assembled at the mountain and that's yeah. that assembly you were talking about yeah. that's really yeah. cool and then uh, matter of fact even in the new testament in acts 7 38 it says moses was in the assembly the oh, ecclesia mm -hmm. in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on mount sinai and with our fathers and he received living words to pass on to us so of course this is not to say that the new testament is precisely the same as israel's old testament uh, assemblies but they are connected, and they're, yet they're different as well. Yeah, well, the spirit of why did they connect? Why mm -hmm. does God want you not to feel alone? Right. I feel like when Moses, he had a passion for his people to set them free. Well, we all know how he started that. He mm -hmm. ended up killing someone mm -hmm. that he saw fighting and treating one of the Israelites mm -hmm. incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So then he was, he was an outcast. He was running away because he had done something wrong. He had the heart that was right. But his action wasn't right. right. And so then later, the Lord called him and said, I am going to use you to set my people free, not just mm -hmm. one, but all of my people. Mm -hmm. And here he was thinking, not me. I can't, I can't do that. But I feel like so many of us, when we try to do things on our own and we don't get the camaraderie, the koinonia that's so important in um, church settings or gathering with other people that are believers, we miss out on a lot of God's purposes in our that's life. Right. We get attacked, you know, just like, you know, animals when they're mm -hmm. alone, when they're young in the Lord, like an animal that's just born, the predators, the animals that want to eat that animal will look mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And they look for animals to be standing in the back by, or themselves. by themselves. That's who they go after. And so there was always supposed to be a connection, you know, and that's why, like even Paul, when he talked about uh, the Old Testament church, he was or Old Testament gathering. Uh, it was that, you know, they were the, the bulk of the tree. The, they were the roots, the trunk, and the many branches. And then later on, mm -hmm. uh, he talks about us, the Gentiles, mm -hmm. that were grafted in. Mm -hmm. So it says in Romans eight eleven, it says, But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel had been broken off. And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. And so we see that, that there was a connection. We have a connection going all the way back. And so, mm -hmm. um, so when Jesus said, I will build my church, he was saying, I will build my ecclesia. I will build a gathering of people mm -hmm. to come together. And, and then he says, another word he said that I thought was really interesting, he says, I will build. And that word uh, in the Greek, it's oikodomio, which is means build, but it could either mean to build something brand new, right, or to rebuild, right, or restore what already exists. So what he already was, exists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so many people, many scholars feel that he's referring to rebuilding the church with a new covenant that points back to Abraham's covenant with God, right, where it says Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So our you know, we're connected to Abraham through faith, right? Not because of our bloodline or right, anything, right? Because of faith, you know, it's with faith what saves us, it's faith what grafts us in, mm -hmm. it's through faith that we grow, that's right, and it's the foundation that we stand on, that's right. 
And so, so that is how the church was built on. It was built on, on mm -hmm. faith, you know, but it was still connected all the way back to, to uh, Abraham. And so um, the theologians, uh, they, you know, they, a lot of times they'll, they'll summarize the history of the world and it's like the creation and the fall and, and the, the restoration, restoration right? Mm -hmm. And in the stage of creation, uh, which is described in Genesis 1 and 2, God created the world, the plants, the animals, and humanity. And so today... Yeah. The church is still striving toward restoring creation. That's right. And That's I know right. out here in California and being here on an island in the ocean being so important to all of us. And we are so about what is our life like in helping to restore creation. Mm -hmm. But we do this by preaching the gospel, knowing that every person that comes to Christ represents a step toward that final state of redemption for not only his people, but also this, the land. Because mm -hmm. people that are redeemed, people that walk with the Lord, they, it says a kind man is compassionate to his beast. Mm -hmm. I feel like those of us that love the Lord, we want to treat our animals well. We want to take care of our land. We see it as a gift. God created the heavens and the earth for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's important how we take care of things and how it says that the, the earth is groaning mm -hmm. for when the sons of God will be born. Because as we are born in, born again into the family, we then understand mm. the authority he gives us over the land and right. the care and the stewardship of how to take care of it. Right. That's why I love Jen Hatmaker's book on um, seven. You know, she talks about what you don't hear in a lot of churches is the importance of caring for environment. And I feel like it's one of those things that was left out, but it's mm -hmm. so important that, that God is saying mm -hmm. that he is going to be restoring it. That's right. Not only our lives, but also creation. That's right. So, so what's the mission of the church? And Jesus made it very plain and very simple. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. And, and you know, when we disciple nations, he's talking ethnos, that's the mm, word. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about cultures or ethnic yes. groups. And it was basically, um, we were to change the culture or, 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 you know, affect the culture that it would reflect the glory and the character of God mm -hmm. as, as we are waiting and looking forward to Jesus' return. And so... Uh, I feel like that's so pertinent right now because, you know, we're trying... You know, a dear friend, I was reading one of his posts. It's like, we need the ethnos. We need to bring in all peoples. Mm -hmm. We need to treat all peoples the same so we can make disciples in all of the different ethnos. That's right. And sometimes when we disregard some and don't understand that maybe they're not as important or we don't care about justice being for all of us, that we all have equal access to the That's Father, right. that, right. that we're falling short of the Great Commission, mm -hmm. which the mission is to go and make disciples of all the nations that's right that's right and so um so in this um this document called the creed uh it it, it described the church as holy now that's a very interesting thing because when we think of holy we think of someone that is like totally like pure doesn't sin doesn't you know <laughs> and and that does mean that i think of the one with the halo over there oh, there you go there you go um and so that's a, a person that is morally pure um but it can also describe people and things that are set apart for use mm -hmm. in the special service to God, mm -hmm. right? That's also the word holy, you know? And, and so in, the, uh, in Isaiah 6, it says, the seraphim, the angels, were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is mm -hmm. the Lord Almighty. Now, they were talking about morally pure, right? Pure, you know, and holy. Woe to me, uh, Isaiah says. I, he cried, he says, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And so he was recognizing, coming close to the holiness of God, he recognized his own mm -hmm. failings, he, mm -hmm. you know, his own shortcomings. And so... Um, so that it, it, we could see holiness as that, as like God, you know, being absolutely perfect, right? Um, and in Ephesians 1.4, it says, Even before the world was made, 
God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ so that we would be holy and without fault before him. Oh, so then the second aspect of that definition of the word holy is that it describes people and things that are set apart for use in special service to God. In this sense, things can be holy even if they're not morally pure. Like the example in 1 Corinthians 7, 14, it's talking about the unbelieving husband is made holy through his wife. Of course. Right? <laughs> and the unbelieving wife, <coughs> excuse me, is made holy through her husband. So that's basically saying that even if the other spouse is not a believer, mm -hmm. but they're made holy. Right. What it, it's not saying that they are be, become morally pure. What it's saying is that they're being set yeah, apart. Yeah, because they're praying household. for their unbelieving husband. Mm -hmm. They're having their children still trying to raise their children in the mm -hmm. Lord. So that whole setting apart, that sanctifying of the home, mm -hmm. um, the Lord honors that. That's, that's really right. good. Yeah. And so that's the, the second definition of the word holy that was used. Um, and so when we look at church, you know, you're going to see two different types of churches. Well, actually, this is challenging. One. This is good. Yeah. The, the one is the visible church. And the visible church is, you know, the places we go to, uh, the different groups of people that gather all over the world, right? Um, anyone who is regularly part of the gathered church, regardless of the condition of their hearts. You could be uh, wherever you are in your journey. Right. Uh, you can say you're a believer. You can be a televangelist. You can be mm -hmm. someone who mm -hmm. writes books. Right. You can be a pastor. You can be just a part of a congregation, whether it's denominational or right. non-denominational. Yeah, and so so there's different people that go to these buildings or go to these places, these gatherings, right? And um, they could they can be confirmed uh, uh, in God's covenant, such as by baptism. Uh, they can profess faith in Christ. They might be counted as members because they submit to the teaching of the church. So there are different things that draw people and keep people together, and that's the visible church. And then you've got something that they call the invisible church. And it's composed of only those that have been united to Christ in salvation. Those are the ones that have had a personal relationship, mm -hmm. have had a personal encounter with God, right? And it's an internal work of the Spirit where we become children of God and we are brothers and sisters in Christ by His Spirit. And that's this is it very interesting because you can go anywhere in the world. Yes, anywhere. and you meet another brother or sister mm -hmm. and you're just immediately... You just connected. You just I connect. love that. Isn't that mm -hmm. awesome? Yes. And that's because they've been talking to your dad, your your heavenly father, mm -hmm. as we have. Yep. And so there's this connection, instant yes. connection, because that's yes. your brother or sister yes. in Christ. Yes. That's the invisible church yes. dynamic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, interesting thing that too, when they describe the church, they describe it as Catholic, which is very interesting. Uh, that word Catholic means universal. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. um, it, it includes all Christians in all congregations. It describes the unity that exists between all churches that faithfully follow Christ. It is inclusive of all believers. All Christians and all faithful churches are under Christ's headship, and all true believers are blessed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we should all be willing to serve alongside each yeah, other. If we're right? all, yeah, if we're honest, if we're real believers, it's obvious. People just want to gather. Mm -hmm. You know, when we combine our understanding of Catholicity with our understanding of the church, we can define the Catholic Church as one worldwide fellowship of all people in covenant with God under the headship of Christ. So this unity of the visible church is based on the fact that every church is in covenant with the same God and under the covenant headship of the same Christ. That's right. That's right. Which leads to fellowship, being together. And that word uh, in the Greek is koinonia. It means communion, coming together. Um, it refers to the fellowship that exists between members of the church, especially through their union with God. That's mm -hmm. how it comes together. Mm -hmm. Acts 2.42, one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, all, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching mm -hmm. and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And so it was very basic. 
Mm-hmm. They were just together. Right. Right? And and they were growing. And telling other people to right. trust to come unto Jesus. That's right. And so so God, what he's done is he's blessed the church or the gathering of people with spiritual gifts. And the Holy Spirit uses all spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the visible church. So that's where we see it is in the visible gatherings, right? And for some people, this means increasing their sanctification, which means they become more set apart, growing Mm -hmm. towards maturity. Mm -hmm. Um, For others, it means bringing them to faith, just coming to faith first, you know? But in all cases, everyone in the church is exposed to the spiritual gifts. And many actually will even participate in it. Well, help, sure, because right? like in 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says the spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So um, yeah. this is why we us. gather so that people can use their spiritual gifts to encourage you in your walk, mm-hmm. or if you don't have a walk, to bring you into relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus. Because sometimes you can go to church your whole life and not have a relationship with the That's Lord. Right. You're participating in the visible church, but you've really, really never consecrated yourself to the invisible church. Mm-hmm. I feel like many times you can meet people of different um, faiths. It's not every one faith that's all right and all wrong. Again, it's people that have accepted the price, the cost that God became man hung on a cross for their sin Mm -hmm. and you cried out and said i need a savior i need you jesus to Mm -hmm. forgive me for all of my sins that's right this is what enters the church it's not steps you have to or classes to go or write out fill out the Mm -hmm. right paperwork that's not what gets you there and also the church the importance of the church is is to use resources to dispense like material goods we're to help each other we're to to meet the needs of people Mm -hmm. in our fellowship so Communion in Koinonia in the Bible, they shared their material goods with others. Mm-hmm. So it was often used to refer to the contributions to the poor. Mm-hmm. And so in Acts 4.32, it says, And all the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. Mm-hmm. So they so shared good. everything they had. That's so good. So they recognized that they were just managers. They were not owners mm-hmm. of everything. But mm-hmm. they were just managers of that. So and good. if God called them to... Uh, sell something, give something away, mm-hmm. they would do that. I was reading this very interesting uh, old, uh, I think it was 300 something AD, and this uh, one leader was talking about these Christians that were actually selling themselves into slavery for the rest of their life so that they can come up with the funds to give to people that had incredible needs. And they would like... Where is this? I was reading a, a, wow. an old uh, an, an old uh, document from an, a, a guy back in 300 AD, and I was like blown away. I was like, You're that's, kidding that's me. dedication. That they would give themselves wow. to slavery wow. just so that they can come up with funds wow. for another person so that that because that person needed the funding. More you know? than they did. And More, they yeah. felt like they were strong enough. Maybe they weren't they strong enough it. to work. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so the church um, is really, is, it's in union with Christ. The New Testament mentions that believers are united with Christ. Um, it's, it's, um, we are in Christ or in Jesus or in him. And so we'll see that throughout the scriptures. We're in union also with all believers. It says, um, Jesus himself said, I do not pray for these alone, but for those who will believe in me through their word, which he's just referring to us. He says Mm -hmm. that they would all be one as you father are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us. Mm -hmm. See, when we unite together Mm -hmm. and we become one in Mm -hmm. Christ, we start to experience being one in Him also yes. mm-hmm. as we start to learn how to and be his one love, in each other. Yeah, His love is felt. There's something right. different about it. In That's Galatians, right. same thing. You know, in 3, 26, 29, it says, you know, if we were all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. If you have faith in Christ, we're children. And all who have been reunited with Christ in baptism and put on the character of Christ are putting on new clothes. They're no longer Jew, Gentile. They're no longer 
Mexican, Italian. <laughs> they're no longer Indian. They're all Asian. They're no longer, they're, they were one, slave or free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's right. And I think that was the reason that, that uh, it was so important that Jesus says, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then the he says, the gates of hell. Will, will not, not prevail. prevail. And the enemy so much wants to separate us and mm-hmm. keep us apart and have us comparing each other. And, uh, you know, this church or that church or this denomination and that mm-hmm. denomination. And so it's like, it's beyond all that. It's beyond the things that we have established within what we would call church and recognizing that is it that church belongs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It says, he said I he would it. build it. And I so we're to work together. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, are we different? Absolutely. We may disagree in some of the things that we look at, but the bottom line, the one thing we do agree in is that Jesus Christ paid for us. Mm-hmm. He died on that cross and he rose from and the dead. And it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And so, so those are the things that keep us together. Mm-hmm. So let's just focus on what brings us together and what keeps us together. But, I, but especially we wanted to talk about the importance of being in some kind of assembly, some kind of fellowship, mm-hmm. some, some place that you can grow and continue to grow and continue to hear from God through other people because God can use them to speak to you, mm-hmm. to encourage you in your journey so that mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're the alone and you're out there by yourself and the enemy is going to try to pick you off. That's right. So be blessed as you yeah. continue to, you. to seek mm-hmm. after the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, as we're getting closer to hopefully being able to be able to gather in places, mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you to, if you're not connected right now, mm-hmm. find a place that mm-hmm. you could connect with. Even and in that your you home, continue. a small group. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But even if you have to start small, you know, with a couple people that you know around you, but, but I encourage you to, to move Get forward. Get That's how you will be blessed. That's how you'll grow. Absolutely. And that's how you'll be protected because together we can do this. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. I'm well, going to thinking of a song while he turns us off. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. He came. There's power in the name of Jesus to set us free. Blessings.